also rank, as usual, several albums. We have a little more than five this time to give an extra challenge in terms of how obscure and how famous they are. Anna Backwood, are you there? I'm here. Are you ready to take the quiz? I'm ready. All right. So for the listeners out there, as you may or may not know, if this is your first time listening, we are ranking these albums from the most famous to the most obscure. And the metric I use for this is the number of user reviews on All Music Guide, which uh, before we even get started, would you like to criticize that as a metric at all? I mean, I, I'm kind of curious as to why you chose all music because all music itself is somewhat obscure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so perhaps a larger number of reviews on all music might actually be an argument for all of them being more obscure, or at least enjoyed by a more specialized group of people. So you know. Other than general concerns about evilness, why not Amazon or <laughs> Apple Music or something? That um, means- does Apple Music even have reviews? I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but because I don't use it yeah. too okay. for that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but Amazon I, definitely does, and it's it's true. for sure less obscure than All Music. My partial intent is also to promote a non-evil site that is focused entirely on music. So right. I guess that would be my my answer briefly. Okay. I'm gonna, I, you know, when I when I take this quiz, I'm gonna look at the kind of people who would review something on Amazon versus the kind of people who would review something on All Music. And I think you're you're onto something here because as a, I can give you a, a preview if you haven't looked it up already. The uh, the likelihood that a person who listens to acapella music or even really pop music, teeny bopper stuff, the likelihood that they're going to go on All Music and look up a review of the album is 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 small. <laughs> I will say. Exactly. So let's, uh, and and let's, no, I did not uh, already cheat by looking. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I like actual challenges that are going, taking a test with the, the answers already in your pocket or something. So, all right. I'll list off. There are seven albums this time, which is unusual. We usually do five, but I thought that you were deserving of extra challenge. Sure. Well, I was surprised when I saw them because um, I've listened to a couple of your challenges. And in those, I had not heard of almost any of them. <laughs> This is what we're doing here. This is the point, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have heard of the ones you sent me, so you must have yeah, the, chosen them. A little a secret of the trade that each obscurity quiz is customized for the person taking it. So mm. the, the, the number of uh, bands that people haven't heard of could fill, you know, fill a black hole up pretty quickly. So uh, here, here are the albums from A to G. The album A is self-entitled by the YouTube sensation Pentatonix from 2015. Album B is Simple Pleasures by Bobby McFerrin from 1988. Album C is Bang by Rockapella from 2010. Album D is In My Room by Jacob Collier. I, I would have pronounced him Collier, but apparently is a uh, I'm wrong. So 20 from 2016. I've heard Collier. Where, where'd you hear Collier? Uh, there was an interview. We'll talk about it in our show, in our episode this time. But uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'll stick with uh, Collier then, because that's how I would say. <laughs> so <laughs> album E is Largo Bailon by our other pick, Hyperpotamus from t- t- 2009. Album F is Lil Beethoven by Sparks from 2002. Album G is Colors of Love by Chanticleer from 1999. In your view, before we rank them, would you say that any of these albums are particularly obscure? 
Well, if you'll allow me to call you out on your own podcast, um, <laughs> I happen to know that you had not heard of Sparks before I told you about them. That's true. So <laughs> I have not heard of um, only one. Okay. Which one? But I have not heard of most things, so I, I wouldn't. I would rather use you as the metric. If you haven't heard of something, that's probably either <laughs> it's probably either pretty obscure or like extremely popular. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess that. Yeah, I, I try try to deliberately avoid the extremely popular things. Which one had you not heard of before? Pentatonics. Really. I thought they were very famous, but uh, okay. Well, anyway, check them out on YouTube. I'm so sure you'll for helping me cheat because I might have chosen them. Did, <laughs> so your question was, which one is the most obscure? So again, you go from start with the most famous one, which you think has the most number, the highest number of user reviews, and then you go to the the one that has the least number in your. In your okay, review. so most famous or most highest number of user reviews. <laughs> You, if you don't want to, if you want to reject my my metric entirely, can I mean, say which I, ones I you think are the most it. famous to most obscure. <laughs> I do reject it if you're asking me to equate them. So I'm not going to say I think the most famous is X because it has the most all music reviews. I don't think that's no, true. No, 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 no that uh, that doesn't have to be a, an ironclad relationship uh, yeah. correlation. You can so you just, can do whichever you want from what you think is the most famous to the most obscure, or what you think has the most user reviews to which you think has the, the least user reviews. It's up to you. I mean, I'll use your metric. I just want it to be known that not not the same. So, so the most user reviews on all music. I I'm gonna say it's either Hyperpotamus or Sparks, just because they're kind of cult favorites hmm. of the kinds of people who would go on all music to review things. <laughs> uh, especially Sparks. I would say probably Sparks more, just because they have been around longer and have way more albums. Okay. So um, first, and you think you've nailed the All Music Guide demographic, and you know who the people are. <laughs> probably not. The only All Music user I know is you. So I'm just assuming right. that All Music is just filled with duplicates of you. <laughs> and there I think out of all of those, you would be most likely to rank Hyperpotamus, probably. Okay. So I'll put F and E for the mm -hmm. first two. Continue. Have you written any reviews on All Music? I have not written any reviews. I have starred many albums. In fact, to reveal that you you know me somewhat in my tastes, and that maybe we have a history of friendship or other relations, that I am oftentimes the only only reviewer, <laughs> only rater for for an album. So, right. I, I will admit that. So you got okay. F and E, F and E first. What's what's next? Yeah. Then then probably Jacob Collier. Okay. I don't think anybody ranks Chanticleer on all music, but <laughs> or or Bobby McFerrin really. Or Rockapella. Oh, I don't know who Pentatonix is. <laughs> uh, the remainder is kind of, I don't know. Okay. So just go, go at random if you need to. Yeah. Um, okay. Chanticleer next. Okay. Then Pentatonix. Pentatonix A. Then Bobby McFerrin. Actually, sorry. Then Bobby McFerrin, then Pentatonix, then Rockapella. Okay. B, A, and I just, then Rockapella if, if, C. If... All music is a bunch of duplicates of you. There's no reviews of Rockapella. <laughs> okay, so... And the only person I know who really listens to Chanticleer is my 70-year-old father. <laughs> Even though I, I'm not... That's not a diss I like Chanticleer, but, um, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All 
All right, so your answers in, in, in total were F-E-D-G-B-A-C. So your, your instincts, your, your strategy was right on. You, you do need to consider who, who reviews these things, but your answers, I'm sorry, you're just, you, you made some bad assumptions. You were correct about the first one. Sparks is the most popular. Sparks has a lot of albums and has been uh, critically, uh, critically acclaimed, and there's a cult following. As you said, there are 140 reviews for that album. That's it. And, uh, that's it. Yeah. So, again, to show, I think there and, is a connection. And that's the uh, most out of all of these? That is the most. No other album has gotten more than 140 reviews, which is, in fact, very low for all obscurity quizzes. Most uh, most of times, there's usually some that have like 500 or 1,000 or more. Yeah, so I, th- you- I think that just proves that all music is obscure. I'm going to take that as a, <laughs> as a, as a win for, for me on that, even though I lost okay. the rest of it. <laughs> Okay. No, I, I think that you uh, you were up to the challenge, and it was this was the most difficult obscurity quiz we've had yet. So I'll start again again with Sparks having 140. Second, you were dead wrong about Bobby McFerrin. It was that's considered a classic album, I believe, and uh, I actually own it. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I know it too. I just didn't think people were. <laughs> if you've got a hit single, people are going to look it up, and you know just the masses of people. So McFerrin had 85 reviews. Third is, uh, you are correct, Jabe Collier has uh, 64 reviews for In My Room, and we can talk about all these albums a little bit before we start the episode, too. Next is album G, Chanticleer. The rest of them are really just all just two reviews. So Chanticleer had two, uh, Hyperpotamus only had two, one of which is mine, (laughs) my rating. And uh, at the end, you are correct about Rockapella having only one review, which was which was surprising to me. Are you talking about ratings or reviews? I'm talking about ratings. I, I forgot to mention that uh, Pentatonics should have been number four. The answer is F B D A E G C. Pentatonics had 38 reviews, which is I, I also thought I was surprised to know that they even had an album at all. But they are definitely YouTube sensations, so I, I would have expected, uh, if my metric were correct, that they would have had a lot more reviews because they're pretty well known i thought yeah, what do you think more things more things <laughs> or you know you prefer the newer sparks albums and i prefer the older ones why why is that i don't listen to a lot of the older ones i just started with one and i think i may have just had sparks fatigue so i wouldn't say that i <laughs> like the newer ones better they're just more in, immediately likable i see from or the turn of the I've... century I, I would say they're a lot more similar to to the jacob collier albums that we're going to talk about in terms of orchestration and and all that kind of stuff the the earlier albums are a lot just more glam rock so we have we have an initial divide there on sparks but i again i give you credit for and thank you for introducing them to me would you agree that rockapella is well known to our generation because of carmen san diego or is it still obscure Come on. <laughs> What's Carmen San Diego? What? Oh my gosh. Did you did you not grow up watching PBS? <laughs> did I grow up watching you know I didn't grow up watching TV. Okay, but I thought PBS had a special place in your heart. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Do you you've never heard of this? I mean, I, I've heard the name. I know you know, I haven't you've never seen the show. Under a rock. I actually thought it was a video game. So. I, I'm sure it was. I think it was actually. But they made a game show of it and as a and I think you are a geog not only a, a PBS fan, but a, you know, you like geography and maps. It was the geography show of the I think early nineties. Yeah, I mean I so think if, watching Sesame Street as a five year old doesn't mean as a PBS fan. I Okay. Yeah. I, I mis, mis, mischaracterize your youth and upbringing. Well, anyway, you I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I, Rockapella, I only know 
because I think I, I think I accidentally downloaded it off Napster when I was in high school. <laughs> I, I don't know the connection you're referring to. Wow, an accidental Napster download was your introduction to Rockefeller. I think you would be in an exceptional space for our generation. Who I I do still believe that most of us have heard of them through through that PBS uh, children's show on geography. Well, I mean, I really okay. hope that you keep making pop culture references during this podcast. It'll be really fun for your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> for you to to have to explain them excessively. Yes, because I'm you know you know that I'm a huge fan of pop culture and uh, <laughs> clearly an expert too. So yes, we are both uh, flying blind as it were. What are your thoughts on Bobby McFerrin? Do you like him or? Uh... Yeah, actually, Bobby McFerrin, I listened to as a kid. Like that's my childhood artist, not Rockapella. Okay. Of course, who? How can you not like Bobby McFerrin? It's crazy. It is pretty pretty inescapable. Don't worry, be happy is a kind of a just an automatic make you happy song, right? Have you seen the video for it? No, I, I actually wouldn't say that I'm a Bob McFerrin expert. The song that I know the best is his and Yo-Yo Ma's version of Flight of the Bumblebees. Oh, okay. So that's pretty, that shows a, that you're in, outing yourself little by little as a high culture snob. But uh, <laughs> I'm alright with it. <laughs> We'll get over it. We'll, we'll deal. You mentioned having the opportunity to see Chanticleer live. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw them. Yeah. I saw them in 2013. And, and you passed up the opportunity, as I recall. Yes. Yes. I'm, I think it was a Christmas show, and that was why I, I don't much care for holiday music. All so, right. some both of us are high culture snobs. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I take seri- take great offense at that, and uh, I'm only going to reveal that to be more more and more true as the uh, as the episode proceeds. Do you have any yeah. more comments on any of the albums, or the difficulty of this quiz, or a better idea for how to measure obscurity objectively? I do think if you're going to measure obscurity, and I don't want to, you know, get into it at length, but I think if you're going to measure obscurity, you do have to go with the evil, unfortunately, okay. because the, the most people have access to that. So you're removing the variable of like, do you even know what this website is? And just measuring the variable of are you rating it? Okay. I do think that Amazon is evil. And I do think also, though, that YouTube views would be the most obvious alternative, especially for acapella groups that have elaborate and fam- famous and viral videos of their songs, usually covers right. of famous things. I think YouTube, in this case, for acapella at least, YouTube would be a more appropriate uh, measurement for all of these. And I think that the, the numbers and the rankings would be extremely diff- different. I know Pentatonix has millions of views and Collier, as I'll, I'll mention later, has millions of views. Some of them not so much. Bobby McFerrin, obviously, anybody who's that popular is going to be searched for on YouTube a lot. So I think, uh, right. yeah, there are definitely always alternatives. And in this case, it's maybe especially inappropriate to use all music, which nobody nobody who listens to acapella will go to <laughs> all, all music guide to, to find. So. Your yeah, points are I taken. Think would have been okay, points are taken and noted, and maybe I'll 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 give an, an addendum of YouTube views and the quiz description. For yeah, this. I mean it's not it's not a hill I'm going to die on. I I don't <laughs> care what. What you, what you don't stay up all night thinking about this? I sure did. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with you using a slightly flawed obscurity scale on this podcast on your own podcast i'm okay with it okay okay so in social science terms in social science terms there are some problems with reliability and validity both of the both of the technical terms there no deleting the the parts where um, Where you're right and i'm wrong (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, those, those or where I call you a high culture snob. You have to leave. <laughs> okay, good. I think we're off to a good start, though. You didn't you didn't hate me, and you're not exhausted yet, are you? No. Okay, good. Want to end, end it here and begin the episode? Uh, that wasn't the episode. <laughs> That was that was the quiz. That was the the side feature. Yes. Okay, go. And before you go, as an addendum, I did follow up the suggestion that YouTube views might substitute as an alternative measure for obscurity. And to my surprise, the obscurity quiz metric of all music guide reviews, rather ratings, does hold up fairly well. The only real difference is that. As I mentioned in the episode, Pentatonix is extremely famous and had the most views, uh, ranking all of the albums once again, rather the artists. Again, this is another reason to focus on AMG, where as an album-focused show, we can't always get the full album on YouTube or other places, and so we I'm going to list these by the video on YouTube that has the most views the most streams for each of these artists. So it's not an exact comparison. But Pentatonix had 602 million views for its most watched video. So that again suggests that there is a huge drop off from YouTube to all music. However, other than that, the overall picture of what is obscure and what is famous or viral, I think holds up pretty well, as I mentioned. So second is B. Bobby McFerrin with 201 million views for his video of the hit single from the 80s, Don't Worry Be Happy. Len is In My Room by Jacob Collier, or rather not In My Room, but in fact the Tiny Desk Concert that he did. He has 4.1 million views. And next is Little Beethoven by Sparks. So basically A and F switched places from first to fourth when switching from YouTube views to all music ratings by users. I should mention that Sparks' most popular video was made by the internet sensation Syriac, and that explains why it has 3.5 million views from 20 20, quite recently. After that, G, as I mentioned, Chanticleer had 1.7 million, so not at all obscure, in my opinion, if you've got over a million views, followed by Rockapella's highest viewed video was 1.5 million views, putting it second to last, and the only one that I would actually consider obscure was the second pick for our coming episode, Hyperpotamus's most viewed song only has 91,000, so not even 100,000, so orders of magnitude less well-known, I can conclude, than any of the others. And so that's why we're highlighting it here on Out of Obscurity. So I hope that has allayed your fears that my metric was not actually measuring what I said it was measuring, uh, whether people know about this band or album or not. And for all the social scientists out there, I will certainly follow this up immediately with a large-scale, large-end study of every obscurity quiz that has been done so far and in the future, and mass surveys of people on the street, whether they've heard of these five individual bands to be triangulated through many data points, many sampling methods, and uh, all sorts of fun stuff like that. So, in conclusion, uh, do it non-Rockapella, we're out. <laughs> <laughs>